Hi, I'm Denise Simpson, a master life and leadership coach who helps women step into their authentic and feminine power so they can lead like visionaries, influence with grace, and create a legacy of contribution and service. You'll hear about real leadership clients with real problems, navigating their success in life, business, and career. If you're ready to become a masterful leader, then this podcast was made for you. So let's get started. Welcome, leader. How are you? I hope you are doing well. I hope you are taking good care of yourself. I hope that things are working in your favor right now. Well, listen, everything works in your favor, whether it is a win or a setback or a failure. It's all in your favor. Trust me, it is. So let's turn our attention now to the intersection of leadership science and humanity. This intersection between the science and the art of leadership. We have to have both components to lead our people. We must understand that our leadership style is comprised of the intersection of our science, of the science that we incorporate as leaders, the strategies, the evidence-based strategies that we implement in our leadership and your humanity. So this is the art and science of leadership is basically what I'm talking about here. But why I included the the title, the intersection of these two things, the intersection, because you, my friend, are unlike anybody else. So the intersection of the science that you're using to lead and the art, the humanity that you're putting into your leadership will be very different than my intersection. So let me break this down for you. And we'll start with humanity. The human part of you, the art of your leadership comes from your values, comes from your beliefs, comes from your bias even. It comes from how you were raised in your family with your particular parents. It also comes from your culture. What did your culture believe about women in authority, women who had power, women in high-powered positions? What did your culture teach you about women in your place, in your status? This also has a lot to do with what we believe about what society has told us about women in leadership. All that and more your personality, (laughs) your character traits, right? All of these beautiful things that make you you, make you human. That's what I'm talking about here. That's why how you lead is different than how he leads. How he leads is different than how they lead. They lead differently than she leads. It's a very interesting way of looking at how we lead individually. We take everything, all of our influences, 
how we've been programmed, how we've been conditioned as women, and how we show up. This is how we show up. It's an accumulation. It is this compounding of all of the things that we've experienced in our lives. And this is how we show up as leaders. And this is us taking our humanity into leading other humans. Now, that's a very important part of humanity, humanizing this process of leadership. The other side of that coin is the leadership science. It's what evidence-based strategies are out there helping us be better leaders, managers, directors, supervisors, CEOs. What is the leadership science telling us that's best to use in certain industries, best to use in certain fields? What is the research showing us that we can use in our leadership? So it's the art and the science that's important for you to bring into your leadership style. My style of leadership is, I think at this point in my career and in, in my work experience in this field, I feel like it's, it's balanced. But here's what's interesting. If I find myself in a situation where I am coaching a client on something very personal, something that happened in her life, not in the leadership context, but in her personal life that is affecting how she leads. Remember, I coach both on life and leadership. I tell my clients all the time, and you've heard me say this many times, you take your heart and your brain everywhere you go. So if you think you can leave your brain or your heart at home, and take it and take something differently to the workplace, you're mistaken. Right? And so when I coach a client on something personal, I tend to lean into my humanity. I tend to lean into my personal experiences. I tend to lean into that part of my brain where I feel compassion. There is emotional intelligence happening back and forth between myself and my client. There is an interaction that's very different than if I was coaching her on a strategy or a tactic that is evidence-based in her leadership practice. It's very different. So sometimes, depending on the context, I switch on more or I lean into one side more than the other. And that's normal. That's part of humanizing this experience of leadership. That's you bringing your humanity into leadership. It's about connecting to your employee, to your client, to your CEO. It's leaning into that part of your brain and your heart that can relate at a human level. Because a lot of us look at our employees or the workplace in a very robotic, sterile way. You can't bring emotions in there, my friend, is what they used to tell me. You cannot think with your heart here. No way. I had one leader who said to me, feelings have no business in business, so keep them at the door. Do not bring them here. And I thought, wow, how am I supposed to shut off that part of my brain and that part of my heart? How do I shut off what makes me human and what makes me relatable to my people? I want to be vulnerable with them. I want to be transparent with them. I want them to know that I have their back 
because I know they're going to have my back. That's the human part of leadership, the art of your leadership that we tend to neglect. We tend to underdevelop, but it's, I think, almost impossible. (laughs) I think it's almost impossible to do that. And that's not the best way to lead in a robotic, objective, sterile way. And listen, there are situations in leadership that will require for you to remain objective. Absolutely. My goodness. But the human part that's always present, that cannot be shut off because you entered the building of your employer, that is impossible to do. And so how do we leverage that part of our brains and our hearts? We don't suppress it. We don't numb it. We don't tuck it away somewhere. We have it with us all the time. So how do we use it so that we also create a humanizing experience with our employees and our followers? That's, that's why we cannot neglect this side of the coin. So art, your humanity is on one side and the science is on the other side of that coin. And so there's ways to develop that. And one way to develop that is through self-awareness. It's a very important skill. Actually, it 98% of executives who were in this Cornell study said self-awareness is the highest predictor of success in my organization and among team performance. 98% attribute self-awareness to their success, a predicator to success. Interesting, right? And so self-awareness is what is going to be required here. As you're looking at that part of your leadership, the human part, the art of your leadership. And there are things that we're going to discover that may not be in your favor, you know, because the brain holds bias and there's so many forms of bias. I think the last I counted was like 19 something crazy like that. There's probably more than that. But our brain is interesting. It likes to filter data and it tucks it into categories. And what the brain will initially do is it'll look at a person and scan them up and down. And this is all at the unconscious level. So you're you're not consciously doing this, but your brain is scanning that person to see if they are a threat or they are an ally. And if something is out of place and the brain says, oh, that person's too different. That person does not look like me. That person is of a different gender. That person is someone that is going to threaten me somehow, some, some way, somehow. Let's put them in that category. So your brain forms a bias against that person or those, those, that type of group of people, right? Because it will lump people into categories. That's how racism happens, my friend. And so the brain is our brain and we need to understand it so that we can leverage it, right? There is confirmation bias that's really big, right? We believe something and we don't question the belief, right? Because that's what a belief means. It's something we think is true, <laughs> whether there's evidence for it or not. And so when you believe something, your brain will go find the 
evidence to confirm it. So keeps you blinded, my friend. You miss all those blind spots. That's why it's important that we challenge what we believe, what we challenge what our parents told us, what we need to challenge about what our culture embedded in us when we were little girls. So that's why it's important that we understand our brains and what makes us who we are, the art, the humanity part of our leadership, because our brains may be mistaken. And so that's how we get to do the work is through self-awareness work. And we do that through coaching all the time. I mean, 70% of your leadership is mindset work. That's the self-awareness work, my friend. That's the art, developing the art of your leadership, understanding why you behave the way you behave, why you believe what you believe, why you create the results you create in your life and in your leadership, all because of the mindset, the art of who you are. So that's important to understand. Now, let's talk about the other side of the coin the leadership science that's out there, so much out there. And this is what I study. This is what my specialty is in. And this is why I get hired. I get hired because you want to know what to do. You want to know what actions to take. You want to know how best to serve your your employees. You want the evidence based strategies that are going to support an action that will support a decision in your leadership. That's important. And that's what I help you do. And so how do you do that on your own? Well, listen, there's Google Scholar that I absolutely love. If you're into research, you can, you know, plug in a a subject, you can plug in a topic and you can find the latest research that's publicly out there. So you don't have to subscribe to any research database, which are very expensive and usually are tied to a university. So if you are faculty, you have access to all that amazing information. But if you don't, you can try Google Scholar. And there's a ton of really interesting stuff out there on the interwebs that aren't factual, that are... Um, based on some interesting ideas. And so I you know I I'm very uh I'm very cautious with what I read on the interwebs and even the the journal entries or articles that I I pull up I have to question and I have to make sure that the that the research uh you know uh associ- the researchers associated with that article are not being paid by a particular industry or organization. And so there are a lot of things that factor into what is usable, what information can be used. But for the most part, my friend, there's a lot of great information out there. Harvard Business Review is another fantastic resource for leaders. There are other associations. I believe it's the Association of Managers that's out there. Uh, They provide really important resources out there for our managers. There's so many associations out there that you can go onto their website freely and download some of their resources and start using them, right? So when you get evidence-based research or strategies, you want to immediately think, is this doable in my department or with my team? Is this something I can actually incorporate? Or are there many things that are missing from this equation for me to actually be successful? 
with this strategy, right? Because you may not have the resources and that's okay, but you can start thinking critically in this way. Is this something that will benefit my team? And can I implement this immediately? That's how we use evidence-based research. This is the leadership science. Also in my program, Masters of Leadership, we are the number one spot for women leaders. That's it. This is the place where we provide the resources. This is the hub, my friend, where women leaders are learning through professional development hours. They are learning through leader mindset coaching sessions. They are also learning about strategy and how to implement these these evidence-based you know, research and turn them into tactics and turn them into actions and behaviors and habits. And so we get to do all of that work, the science work inside Masters of Leadership. And guess what? (laughs) We also get to develop the personal side of your art, the humanity of your leadership. So we focus on life coaching, because if something is affecting your personal life, please know that it is affecting your leadership life. You may think it is not, but at the unconscious level, you are taking actions, you are behaving, you are doing interesting things that are unaware to your consciousness, all because of what's being impacted or how you're being impacted in your personal life. My friend, you are taking your brain and your heart everywhere you go, everywhere you go. And we get to focus on your art and science of leadership. What leadership style did you create because of the human part of you, the art part of you? What does your intersection look like? If you can describe it, tell me what it is. Is it one of empowerment? Is it one of research and science? Are you a leader who practices emotional intelligence mostly? Do you lean into the art or the humanity part of leadership more than the science part of leadership? Where are you right now on your journey, this intersection of leadership, science, and humanity? Because my intersection is very different than yours. Yours is going to be very different than hers. That's why it's important, my friend, that you develop both sides of this coin because we need more leaders like you, diverse in thinking, someone with a different perspective because of how you were raised, because what you believe, because your culture served you differently than mine. We need people like you because with diversity, my friend, comes this wide scope. (laughs) It's like a wide lens of different opportunities. It's a different way of looking at the world and you're bringing that into your organization. So if we're looking at the intersection of leadership science and humanity, we're looking at your diversity and what you bring to the organization. And we need more female leaders just like you. So what is your intersection? look like? Let me know. DM me over on Instagram at Dr. Denise Simpson. All right, my friend, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. And I will catch you on our next episode. Take good care. 
hey leader do you want weekly leadership tips coaching and training straight to your email inbox yeah i thought so head over to drdenisesimpson.com forward slash leadership again that's drdenisesimpson.com forward slash leadership just submit your name and your email address and we'll get started right away i look forward to serving you inside your email inbox see you soon